Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Stand Up For The Truth. Can't wait to get to our guest today. So let's open right up and ask God for help and wisdom and guidance. And uh, Father in heaven, we need all those things. And you know our hearts. You know exactly what each person who is listening right now needs. And uh, I pray in Jesus' name that you would touch them. You would encourage their hearts. Give those who are feeling beat up and and battle-weary encouragement. Remind them of the hope that we have in Jesus, the name above every name. And Father, for those that are on the front lines, Father, strengthen them. Strengthen their their arms for battle and uh, help us, God, to be discerning in these times. Help us to walk with you and and, uh, may you direct our steps, Father. Give us wisdom. And today, we praise you for your faithfulness, for your goodness, and for waking us up today and giving us purpose in Christ. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're blessed to have back with us. It's been a while, but Eric Hovind is the president and founder of Creation Today. He's a Christian apologist, and uh, he's, it's an apologetics-based international ministry seeking to impact individuals to know and defend our faith in the Creator God and to wholeheartedly experience and share Him through the foundations of Scripture. Eric is also the executive producer of the movie you may have seen a few years back, Genesis Paradise Lost, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But uh, Eric came to Christ. Uh, He began a full-time ministry in 1999, and after watching Ray Comfort's Hell's Best Kept Secret, Eric uh, came to the Lord, was saved, and now he's out there ministering to people. He speaks all over the place, different states across the country, every state, in fact, many countries, and he's with us today. Eric Hovind, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth. David, it is such a privilege to be with you. You guys and your show are known around the country for doing exactly what your name is, standing up for the truth and uh, it's just a privilege to be uh, talking with you and your listeners today. Well, you just say that because you're in Florida and have a great governor. So um, <laughs> we do. <laughs> no, it's okay. We do. Seriously, seriously, Eric, thank you so much. Uh, we've appreciated your ministry. We share your resources, but I really want to introduce you to our newer listeners. We've got, I mean, since the last time we have you on, probably about seventy-five percent of the audience is is new. I'm guessing, and uh, we really. Um, want to tell them what you're doing, where they can get a hold of your resources. And let's just start with, uh, well, first of all, before we get to Genesis Paradise Lost, because I know you have more resources, you do classes and you do online through Creation Today, uh, seminars, webinars. So tell us what new projects you're working on now, and we'll get into a little bit more of your ministry in a minute. Well, those that know me know that my mind is a little bit uh, ADD, and since before they ever knew what ADD even was. So our ministry, we, we we got a lot going on, man, and I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. Bottom line is, though, our ministry wants to help others share the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, as you guys talk about, you know, subjects, and for those of you listeners that are new, um, our ministry is based out of Pensacola, Florida, and uh, I grew up under the apologetic ministry. My dad taught, you know, high school science and then began a worldwide ministry, was speaking over 900 times a year. I was brought up in this. And at 18, kind of had my own crisis of, of faith is, is what I believe just because this is what I've been taught. If I was you know, born in a Muslim country, would I be a Muslim? If I was born in a Hindu country, would I be Hindu? And it really got me to go on a journey at 18 years old and ask myself those difficult questions of life. And it was when I was 21 that I became a true disciple of Jesus Christ rather than a product of the church environment. And if there's anything I want you to hear before you, you know, if you got to get out of your car in a minute or something, you got to hear this. Make sure that your children aren't just products of the church environment. I was a great example of that. Grew up in the youth group, was a leader in the youth group, led mission trips, and I was not a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so if you hear anything on that, please understand that we need to talk to our children about that. So since then, I've been on a a quest to know God, even 
my journey to know God once I truly repented and trusted in Christ. And our ministry does things like we have a huge web presence, creationtoday.org reaches millions of people a year. Uh, you mentioned the movie. We can talk about that. Genesis Paradise Lost, the best ever first Christian 3D movie on the, the creation of the world where you watch God creating the heavens and the earth. Um, we want to make it easy for people to share the gospel. So we started whyiboughtyourcoffee.com. You order cards from our ministry. They're free. You order the cards and you buy somebody a cup of coffee and you give them a little card. And the card, all it says on it is whyboughtyourcoffee.com. And David, curiosity kills the cat every <laughs> single time. They yeah. go check it out. So all kinds of fun things. We just finished a small group curriculum called Lost for the Genesis Paradise Lost movie. We, we thought, you know, people need to know how the world got so lost. We're looking at a ground at a crazy world going, how did this happen? And so we want to walk people through how it happened so that people can be found, so that mm. we can get them back to the truth. Um, so an eclectic collection of ideas, but the main goal is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, thank you, Eric. And over at Paradise or um, Genesis, Paradise Lost, you can see that uh, you can order the small group curriculum. So tell <laughs> us about Lost, the small group curriculum, and how people can find out more about that. My wife, Tanya, and I have watched a lot of people work through the truths of Scripture uh, and when you see, like we have seen, couple after couple, individual after individual, realize that they can truly trust God's word from the very beginning, you watch real life change start to happen. They start going, okay, well, I, I want to I wanna be able to trust God in everything. I mean, you know, because right now, this is the battle we face in the church today. Is God's word our ultimate authority, our foundation, our standard? Because too many times we mix man's idea and man's truth in with God's truth. And God says, it's just not going to work that way. Um, I, he know, he's the one who invented marriage. He understands it. He invented sex. He knows how it works. And he said, here's the rules to give you the best possible outcome. He knows best. So when we trust him, uh, it, it really makes a difference in the way that we live our life. The outcome of our life is different. So mm. we've watched people walk through the truth that God created the heavens and the earth and realize, wow, science has been trying to mislead people mm. on this one particular subject because they've been trying to figure out how to get the world into existence without God. Mm. And when you start there, you're on a terrible foundation. It's called naturalism or materialism. And that foundation leads to nothing good. It ends up being a very, what we call a humanistic worldview. The, the end of all being is the happiness of man. How can I get the most happiness out of life? And we watch people chase money, chase material possessions, chase careers, chase popularity, chase power, all of which lead to emptiness. Mm -hmm. And it's only when we realize the creator of the heavens and the earth laid out a plan for you and I to glorify his name rather than our own that we start to find real meaning and purpose. So Tanya and I, uh, you know, we just, after, after doing this uh, movie, Genesis Paradise Lost and watching how that's affected so many people, we mm. had people say, man, my husband walked into the theater as, a, as an evolutionist and he walked out as a believer. Wow. You know, just the power of this movie, it's mm. so moving to capture this and to understand these truths. So we said, let's make a small group curriculum that walks people through this, you know, and I, I hear people all the time say, hey, don't focus on Genesis. Let's just focus on what Jesus taught. <laughs> and to that, that creation today, we would say, <laughs> we love the idea of teaching what Jesus taught. Yes. Because if you teach what Jesus taught, you're going to teach Genesis because Jesus taught Genesis. And I mean, man, the, the scriptures couldn't be more clear about how many times, you know, God refers, Jesus himself refers back to, you know, Genesis. Uh, he refers back to scripture. Uh, they called it Old Testament, the Old Testament that we call today. They called it Scripture. Um, and Jesus treats the Scriptures as historical accounts. Matter of fact, he treats the Scriptures as his standard mm. for making decisions. And I would say as Christians, if, if, if we're followers of Christ, then what Jesus thinks about a subject should be really important to us as well. Well, he is the Word, and <laughs> he's given that yeah. name for a reason. The Word was with God. The Word was God, is God. Jesus is Lord, and his Word endures forever. We're with Eric Hovind, president and founder of Creation Today, 
And uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, let's get back to Genesis. I mean, Ken Ham has made the, his famous uh, Genesis 1 through 11. You know, he talks always talking about Genesis 1 through 11. What's so important about having this foundation? And I understand how the, the culture can be confused about this. But Eric, as we've seen, there's too much confusion and misunderstandings of the creation account in the churches today. So share your heart on that. Well, as a follower of Christ, I'm somebody who's a follower of Christ. And those of you that are listening, if you're a follower of Christ, then you should truly follow what Jesus taught. Uh, Jesus clearly taught from Genesis 1 through 11. Matter of fact, when he was asked a question about marriage and divorce, where does he take people? He takes them back to Genesis and he says, have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Uh, when he's, when he's, you know, giving an earful to the to the scribes and to the Pharisees, and and he's calling them vipers, and he's just kind of really, you know, really, really giving them an earful. He he tells them, he, he reminds them, don't you remember that that the blood of Abel, the very first martyr, the blood of Abel, and he correlates that uh, in in that passage, he correlates it to the foundation of the earth. He says. He says, from the blood of Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, which perished between the altar and the temple, verily I say unto you, it shall be required of this generation. And as you read that passage, you realize, oh my goodness, he's referring to the very first martyr. The very first martyr started right there at the beginning of creation, hmm. at, the, at the foundation of the cosmos. It says that the blood of all the prophets, which was shed from the foundation of the world, may we be required of this generation. And he's really going after him here. Hmm. But he correlates that. And so I go, look, as a follower of Christ, you and I should care deeply about what Jesus taught. I mean, we are depending on his death, his burial, and his resurrection for our salvation. We're putting our entire trust in what Christ did on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. Hmm. So if we're putting our trust in him, why can't we trust him in every area? You know, probably uh, about 20 times uh, he refers back to Genesis. So people say, let's not focus on Genesis because it's controversial. And, you know, why, why does the age of the earth really matter? Uh. Well, listen, I, I, was, I was listening to a debate recently between a very prominent theologian, a very prominent Christian, and a very prominent atheist. And this theologian was giving this atheist amazing answers. And this atheist, you could see, was visibly, visibly taken back by the answers. Because you really believe Jesus turned water into wine? And, oh, man the beautiful answer of how this was the first miracle and what it really meant and how, you know, the, the represent, not just the miracle, but the representation of what this was and how powerful of a statement this was to the Jewish community and the atheist is you could clearly see going, I've never heard that before. Wow. Then he asked him about another miracle and he's like, wow, that's incredible. He's like, you really believe this and you have good reasons to believe it. Then he said, you really believe God made the world in six days. And this prominent theologian flubbed the answer. Oh no. And he said, well, you know, science. And he, he, he went halfway with it and said, no, ultimately, I don't believe the Bible there. And this prominent atheist visibly, all of a sudden, you saw the wall back go back up. Mm. You saw his face harden. And he realized you don't really trust the scripture. That's not really your ultimate foundation. And it was done just like that. It was over. Uh, I heard an answer recently by another prominent theologian asking the question, was there death before Adam and Eve sinned? And you have to ask the question, if there was death before Adam and Eve sinned, what does that mean? That means the original way God created the heavens and the earth was filled with death and violence. And this prominent theologian, this prominent uh, apologist said, yes, if the old earth worldview is true, there was death before sin. Wow. Uh, I actually just, I just wrote him a letter because I was going to, I was, I was going to, I made a response <laughs> video to him. And I said, you know, instead of responding via video, video publicly, let me just send it to him. So I sent it to him just yesterday. I, so I haven't got an answer back yet, but I said, look, it's more than Romans 5, 12 that we learned that death came into the world because of sin. Mm -hmm. And his argument was, well, that's only man's death. And it's, it's so much bigger than that. If God, let me ask you this. If God is going to make a world back to the garden of Eden conditions, back to the way that it was in the original creation, when God himself declared it was very good, mm -hmm then do we get to look forward to a world full of death and suffering? <laughs> are, are we looking forward to a, I mean, 
Are we no. looking forward to a paradise where the lion still eats the lamb? No. Or is God's word true? Hmm. There will be a day where the the lion shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard and the, the calf and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Are we looking forward to a day when things will be perfect? Or are we going to be stuck in a created world that God created lots of death and suffering? It's just when you adopt an old earth position, you have to adopt death and suffering before sin. And you have to adopt now a character of God that is inconsistent with the scriptures. Mm -hmm. So that's why this is so important, because it impugns the character, the holiness and the integrity of Almighty God. Wow. Thank you, Eric. Uh, how do they get to is it because they accept the belief that the earth is millions of years old that they can somehow read into that that there was death uh, before sin before the fall that's correct if you adopt millions of years if you adopt the old earth view you must adopt death before adam and eve sinned uh and they'll say well that's animal death not human death and to my point there is well it's the Bible clearly says human death came into the world, but it's all death came into the world. And they'll make the argument, well, plants die. And I go, well, according to the Bible, are plants alive? They don't have breath. They don't have blood. You know, the insects, insects aren't alive, according to the Bible, as far as have the, the nephesh, the, the, not like the animals, not the breath of life. So you clearly have to compromise other areas of scripture and impugn the holiness of God. When you, when you start with a world that's filled with death and violence and you know survival of the fittest in order to finally get mankind. Mm. And that's with any of the old earth, old earth worldviews. That's day age creation. That's the idea that, well, God recreated just you know 70 or 100,000 years ago and made humankind. You also have to, you have to, you have to flub on all the science. I mean, basic mathematics. The human population is at 7.9 billion people today. Mm -hmm. You can go from zero to 7.9 billion, including wars and famines and everything, in guess how long, mathematically, when you do the math, you cross, you chart it out. It only goes back between four and 5,000 years. Well, isn't that interesting? Because that's perfectly <laughs> consistent with the biblical flood happening 4,400 years ago. That's right. And then mankind repopulating the world. That's hmm. amazing. So, I, I could go on and on. I mean, there's so many examples of this. Uh, and and this is what a lot of people don't get. The, the reason I travel to churches a lot of times, I realize I'm reminding Christians why they believe what they believe. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm putting their faith back underneath them. And, and faith isn't blind, by the way, not, not a blind faith, not a you can hope and you can wish and jump off the building and hope you can fly. Not, not that kind of faith. Like we've got the science that backs us up. I mean, mm -hmm. I just did, you know, we do a live webinar every Monday night uh, for for people that want to be creation members, they want to learn more about God's word and God's world, how it goes together, so that they can share that world with uh, that that truth with with the world. Uh, we want to. We just these members. Basically, what we're doing is we're we're helping them turn stumbling blocks into stepping stones on their journey to Christ. And so, taking people on this journey every Monday night. We just last night did a, did an episode on the age of the Earth. So, how old is the Earth scientifically? Is there scientific evidence of a of a young earth. And I, I got all my cards. I'm, I'm sitting here in my studio and I got all my cards of all the different fields of science, you know, physics and chemistry and biology and zoology. And we hit every major branch of science and showed that according to astronomy, the earth cannot be billions of years old. The universe itself cannot be billions of years old. And that's with magnet, magnetic fields of planets. Uh, Mercury, uh, its magnetic field has declined by 8% in the last, get this, 35 years. You cannot take Mercury and extrapolate back billions of years as the evolution worldview says, and it still have a magnetic field today. Earth's magnetic field has declined by 10% in the last 150 years. Hmm. You cannot take planet Earth and extrapolate the, the decay of the magnetic field backwards for billions of years. It would trap too much heat. Matter of fact, wow. Earth's magnetic field, they say, can only go back about 25,000 years maximum. It destroys the old earth argument according to science. Exactly. Um, genetics, we're, we're passing on anywhere between 100 and 300 genetic mutations to our children. I live here in lower Alabama, Pensacola, Florida. Uh, we, we've <laughs> met people that, that have passed on far more than that. We call them rednecks. But uh, 
The reality is you can't trace the number of genetic defects in humans back for more than a few thousand years. We don't have enough genetic load, genetic defects in our system to represent millions of years. So anyway, I know we got to take a break, but wow, yes. this is stuff I find fascinating because it really confirms the truth of scripture. In Amen. People's minds. Amen. We're talking with Eric Hovind today, president and founder of Creation Today. We've got to talk about science. We've got to talk about how important it is to be students of the word of God not of the philosophies of this world. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about how you can get resources from Eric's ministry creation today. In just a minute, we've got a lot more coming up. Keep it right here on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Eric Hovind. He is the president and founder of Creation Today and the executive producer of Genesis Paradise Lost. If you have not seen that, go online and purchase that, and it's, it's just a phenomenal resource. It will encourage your faith, and you will want to share that with others. God willing, we'll get to a couple topics that are very important in our culture, the confusion about gender, male and female, also the confusion about race. Aren't we, are we one blood, one race like the Bible teaches? Or uh, uh, What does that have to do with all this confusion we're seeing today? Uh, we'll hopefully get to some of that. It all goes back to Genesis, believe it or not. Um, Eric, you do some classes at Creation Today. How can people take those online classes? Yeah, David, these classes are amazing. And it's like I said, it's live every week. So what we encourage people to do is just go to creationtoday.org, creationtoday.org. And right there on the homepage, you can see kind of what we do. You can sign up. We have, uh, it's kind of a unique thing. We just kind of say, hey, cover our cost. And then after that, you pay whatever you want. So just cover our cost. And then honestly, some people just cover the cost. Some people do more. And uh, COVID really, you know, we saw so many people struggling with loss of job and loss of income. We said, you know what? Let's make this so easy where anybody can access our material. And as a Creation Today member, we just call it Creation Today Plus, you get access to everything we've done past, present, and future. And that's discussions from, you know, flat earth versus the Bible, flat earth versus science. Uh, Is this the end of the world? How do you abolish every single abortion argument? How do you help your teenage children witness to other people? So we we just kind of like you guys, you know, all subjects are fair game, man. If it if it's going to help people understand God's word and God's world and how they fit together so that they can share that truth with others, I'm all over it. So Amen. creationtoday.org is the best website for that. And then, of course, genesismovie.com. If you've never seen Genesis Paradise Lost, you are in for a treat. Yes. Uh, it is, it's already been translated into more than 40 languages. Um, it is, uh, I'm kind of excited about this. Many people have said, hey, this could be the next Jesus film, uh, the one that just keeps going around the world and and helping people understand the reality of how God created the heavens and the earth and why Praise this God. is so important. So yeah, I'm excited about it. It's it's yeah, it's, it's neat to be a little bitty piece of God's giant work out there. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> and if I remember right, I saw it in the theater. It was just such a great place to see it. But wasn't uh, wasn't there a panel at the end that included you and I think Emil Zwayn, Ken Ham? Was that at the end of that? That was. So that's part of the special features. Uh, now I didn't, we didn't have that on the movie. So the movie ends with the credits. Okay. Uh, but part of the special features is yes, okay. you can watch this awesome conversation between Dr. George Apertum, mm-hmm. uh, Ken Ham, myself, uh, Emil Zwayne, and then Dr. Danny Faulkner, uh, who's the astrophysicist at Answers in Genesis. And just what a great conversation for where our world is at today. Oh, just powerful. Okay, uh, Eric, uh, let's jump into some difficult topics, even more than, than creation and Genesis <laughs> 1 to 11. You know, we, we talk a lot as, because out of necessity here on this podcast about the worldview war, the war on truth, and what some might consider the, quote, culture wars, because Christians need to know how to respond to these things. Now, you got all kinds of things you guys cover uh, apologetics, evangelism, old earth, young earth, uh, science and scripture. By the way, we like to tell people that, and I'm sure you would agree that science doesn't speak, scientists do. And so it depends on what, Correct. Si- depends on what scientists you're listening to. And by the way, it also depends on what theologians you're listening to. I noticed in the first segment, yes. a couple times you mentioned, quote, prominent 
theologians, well, it doesn't matter how many degrees you have or how many uh, titles behind your name and how educated you are. Some of the most, quote, intelligent people or educated people don't believe the truth of Scripture, and they can also create their own philosophies that aren't biblical, although they are theologians. So that's for a whole other conversation. But now, this, this issue... Of, <laughs> well, hang, on, you're, you, hang on, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head there that <laughs> drives me crazy. Okay, go. <laughs> there, are, there are really smart Muslim clerics out there. There are some really smart people in Hinduism. There are some really smart people in Buddhism. Yeah. That doesn't make them right. Mm. It doesn't make yeah. what they believe right. Uh, when it comes to the evolutionary or atheist you know, worldview, the, the idea that, man, we all evolved and you know, scientists agree today. Well, not all scientists. You know, DescentFromDarwin.org has a list of thousands and thousands of PhD scientists who say we disagree with the evolution worldview. But if I had a degree in uh, Star Wars, that doesn't mean Star Wars really happened. It just means I know a lot about the story that somebody made up right. about Star Wars. It doesn't mean it's real. And that's what's going on in the evolution worldview. So, so what we need to think of is what is true and where does truth actually come from? Oh, while, while, while we're here, can I, I, your listeners are going to have to write into you and let you know if this makes sense. I got an analogy that <laughs> honestly, David, I've never heard anybody do it the way I do it like this. And I think it'll blow your mind. But for those of you that have minds to be blown uh, here, I'm going to try. Go. And then if you think it's a good analogy, or you think it's a good thought process, man, just write David and let him know. So David, if you get no response from this, I may <laughs> never do a radio interview again. Okay. This will be my last one. All right. Okay, so here's, here's the concept. The concept is, um, if you could be wrong, then do you really know? If I said, David, the road right outside your studio there, uh, the speed limit on that road is 45 miles an hour. And then I said, but I could be wrong. Do I know the speed limit on the road? Doesn't sound like you know for sure. No, because I said I could be wrong. And if I could be wrong, I don't really know. Okay. Now That's listeners, right. I know this. Typically I put this on PowerPoint slides. I make this easy to see. <laughs> you can't see it. So you're going to have to imagine this. Okay. Uh, let me give one more analogy uh, or one more example. Um, if I said the Williston Tower there in Chicago, Willis Tower in Chicago, it was the, uh, the Sears Tower. If I said it's 1,571 feet tall, but I could be wrong. Do I know the height of that tower? I uh, probably not. If you admit, admit that you could be wrong, you, exactly. you're not hundred percent sure. Exactly. So if I could be wrong, then I don't really know. Okay. Now that we got that down, here's my question out of all the knowledge in the universe. Okay. So you got to imagine all the knowledge. I mean, all knowledge now, all knowledge throughout all time, what the fleas have done on the back of the dog yesterday, today, uh, what, what, uh, what, is, what can be known in all the fields of physics, all the fields of biology, astronomy, geology, um, out of everything there is to know in the universe, out of all the knowledge in the universe, I mean, what women are thinking. I mean, we're talking everything, okay? <laughs> out of every, I'm getting away with that because uh, you don't have a female co-host here. That's okay. right. <laughs> um, out of everything there is to know about everything, here's the question. How much knowledge do you think that you have? So listeners, ask yourself that question. Out of everything there is to know about everything, how much knowledge do you think you have? Keep in mind, by the way, Thomas Edison said, we don't know one millionth of 1% of anything at all. So he put it down at 0.000001 is what he put it down as. So, and we'd have to admit out of all the knowledge in the universe, we don't have very much. I mean, it's just a tiny amount, right? Yes. I'm, I'm imagining people you know, going, wow, that's very, it's insignificant compared mm -hmm. to all the knowledge in the universe. Right. Okay. So imagine a circle, imagine a pie chart with me that represents all knowledge. So hundred percent of the circle represents all knowledge. Okay. Let's pretend for sake of example, that you think you have a massive 1%. So you've got one little sliver. You think, you think you've got that little bit of sliver of knowledge. Okay. Y'all imagining that? You got your pie chart, it's a round circle, mm -hmm. and you've taken one little bitty sliver of the pie and said, I think I've got this much. Here's the question. Is it possible that out of the 99% of stuff that you don't know, that something out there could contradict or prove wrong the 1% that you think you know? Is that possible? Mm -hmm. 
and most of your listeners should be nodding their head yes. as they drive down the road if yes. they're thinking about this, going, yeah, yeah, that's possible. I mean, of, of course, it would have to be possible. You know, something out there in the 99% could contradict that 1% that I think I know. Yeah, that's possible. <laughs> yes. Which means, which means, get this, you could be wrong about that 1% that you think you know. And that was it. We exaggerated it. But you could be wrong about that 1%, right? Right. right. Well, David, if you could be wrong about that 1%, that mean? If you could be wrong, you don't really know. You don't really know that 1%. That's right. Which leads us to an astonishing conclusion if you're following the analogy, mm -hmm. following the logic. If you could be wrong about the 1%, then you don't know that 1%, which means, dun, 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 you don't know anything at all. <laughs> now, now I, I'm not done, so don't, don't okay. get out of the car. Don't shut it off. Okay. Leave it running. Don't change the channel because otherwise you're going to be like, um, I'm, I'm confused. This is where the atheist worldview stops. The atheist worldview stops by saying, look, we could be wrong. If we could be wrong, we don't really know. Well, we could be wrong about what we think we know. Therefore, we don't really know that we don't know anything. And they stop right there. And they, they think that's humility to admit that we could be wrong and therefore we don't know anything. Because logically, David, you imagine that pie chart again. You would have to have all knowledge. You'd have to have the whole pie in order to say, I know something be to be true and I cannot be wrong about it. You'd have to have all of the knowledge. Or, and this is where Christianity is different. Or, David, you just have to know someone who has all knowledge. Ooh. And the one who has all knowledge could reveal truth to you. So even though you don't know everything, because you know the one who does know everything, you can have truth. You can have knowledge. You can know things because it's been revealed to you by the one who knows everything. Hmm. Now, again, typically I got slides and I'm, yep. I'm, I've got lots of visuals, but hopefully audibly you've been able to use your imagination here and realize, wow, if I don't start with God, the one who knows everything, if I don't start there, I'm stuck in a world that says I could be wrong about everything. And that means I know absolutely nothing. Now, some of you we're taught that in college and you're trapped right there. You're trapped in a world going, but we could be wrong. We don't really know anything at all. And I talk to those students on a regular basis on college campuses. Mm. I was in a debate um, with a kid online, with a guy online until about two o'clock in the morning. I mean, uh, you, some of you have done those, you know, late night <laughs> debates, you know, and you're just my poor wife, honey, come to bed. And I'm like, hang on, sweetheart. Somebody on the internet is wrong over here. Okay. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> fix the world. So I'm going to town and this guy on the other end of this debate, this little chat kept going, but we could be wrong. That's the whole point of science. We could be wrong. We don't really know, you know, we, we're, we're, we don't really know anything at all. And I finally got frustrated, shut the conversation down and went to bed at two o'clock in the morning. I got up at seven o'clock, just five hours of sleep. Cause I had to get my daughter ready for school the next morning. She was seven years old. I poured her favorite cereal into the bowl, honey bunches of oats. I stuck the spoon in, poured the milk in, and slid the bowl across the countertop to Stephanie. And I said, Stephanie, because I was pretty frustrated about the night before in that conversation. I said, Stephanie, did you know, know there are people in this world that say we don't know anything at all? And at seven years old, she looked with a puzzled look on her face and she went, well, how do they know that? <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, you are a genius. Brilliant. This is beautiful. Yes. The very statement, well, we don't know anything at all, is a statement about something that they claim to know. So it's what we call a self-refuting statement. So I know I just took a whole segment to no, unpack awesome. this concept, but guys, you get two choices. It's God, the one who knows everything that has revealed truth to mankind, or it's absurdity. We can't know anything. Those are your choices, God or absurdity. And let's face it, David, you and I and the, your listeners out there, they have family and they have friends that choose absurdity over God. And the Bible tells us why. Yep. S-I-N. They want to think their thoughts over God's thoughts. They want their way, not God's way. They want my will, not thy will. 
They are not interested in the absolute creator because they want to live their life how they want to live it. They're falling for the same lie that Satan got Eve with in the Garden of Eden. You can be as God. You can do your own thing. You can do what you want, what you want. Don't submit your thoughts and your ideas to the creator of the universe. Eric, that's uh, that was phenomenal, by the way. It's God or man, and man's way, yeah. moral relativism, leads to absurdity. That's the only way you can get this this culture where you can say, well, now what 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 I do I want to identify as today? By the way, um, I I understand from what you just said about the people being wrong. That means certain. Fauci and doctors could be wrong about a virus and vaccines, but that's for a whole other conversation. <laughs> that is, um, that's a big conversation. So, so now I see what you did at the beginning of that because it's very. I thought it was an excellent point, excellent uh, analogy. Um, I want your email box to be flooded, not mine. So it's <laughs> Eric Hovind, Eric Hovind at creationtoday.org, Eric Hovind at creationtoday.org. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah. No, so, hey, I, I do check that. So uh, I, 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 I keep that mailbox open. So uh, that okay. is that is my personal one. And please use that. Let me know. Have you ever heard that before? Have you ever yeah. heard that thought process before? Uh, and make sure you write Dave too, because okay? I don't want to be the only one uh, being grateful for understanding this. No, but here's why I share that analogy. And I know we got to go to break in just a minute. The reason I yep. share that analogy is because our world today is consumed with this concept of, well, we can't really know the truth. Yeah. And I'm telling you, if you start with the one who knows everything, the one who knows all truth, you can know the truth. But that's the only way to get truth is if you start with God. Apart from God, you cannot have truth. That, that's why the Bible says it is foolish to say there is no God. I mean, it's absurd. Romans chapter one, you know, professing themselves to be very wise, they've become fools. Amen. It's foolish to try to reject the God mm -hmm. of the Bible. Amen. The one who knows all things. A so Amen, yeah, brother. tell Dave, tell Dave if that meant anything to you, because <laughs> we got a lot of, I'm telling you, a lot of you are driving around, you're walking around, you're at home listening, or you're on an app and you're on a jog, good for you. And you're going, you know what? Um, I don't know if I can trust God's word. And I'm telling you, that's divine revelation. Yes. Without God, you can't know anything. He revealed himself in scripture. That, my friend, is powerful. We'll get back to more foundations on Stand Up For The Truth with Eric Hoven when we come back in just a minute. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Eric Hovind, and now we're going to jump right into some, there's some common questions people have. There's a lot of confusion among today's youth, and that would include youth that are in the church. And um, one of the questions is, before we get into uh, gender and race, uh, Eric, uh, a lot of people say, uh, they, or they think that science contradicts Scripture or vice versa. Scripture contradicts science. What would be your short answer to that? Yeah, that's impossible because without scripture, you couldn't do science. The number one understood rule of science is called the uniformity of nature. Uh, that's the idea that I can boil water at 112, 212 degrees uh, Fahrenheit at sea level today, and tomorrow I can repeat the same experiment and it will do the same, it will yield the same results. Mm. Uniformity of nature, that, that nature is uniform. Well, what worldview, what, 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 belief system teaches the uniformity of nature, teaches that it's going to stay the same yesterday, today, and forever. Only a worldview based on God. If we start with an evolutionary worldview with no God and, and the uniform popped into existence and the rules and the laws are always evolving and changing, you don't get the fundamental, fundamental law in science, the uniformity of nature. Things are going to stay the same. So people that say they're in conflict, I go, wait a minute, think about it. You actually can't do science you can't have the uniformity of nature if you don't start with the God who created nature uniform. Mm -hmm. So scripture, uh, our, our savior, Jesus Christ, the one who created and spoke the world into existence is the necessary starting point to be able to get the uniformity of nature from which we do science. Amen. So no, science is dependent on scripture. Amen. Thank you. And I know uh, you've had uh, Jay Siegert on your uh, programs, your webinars oh, often. Yes. He's, he's one of our guests here. On Stand Up for I the Truth. I love Jay. You guys are yeah. blessed to have him on regularly. He's yeah. so smart. The, I love him. The Starting Point Project. I mean, the starting point. Yes. You've got to go back to Scripture. And Ken Ham emphasizes this as well. The starting point. Foundations. 
in Scripture, yes. in Genesis. So speaking of those foundations, Eric, something that a lot of uh, people, not just children, I said people, uh, even adults, <laughs> are confused sometimes about this idea of, of gender and why there has to just be two and uh, we, we may eventually get to these uh, the confusion about race, the racial issues. Is there just one race? But let's start with gender because we are in Pride Month, according to some, and we are yeah. being bombarded by propaganda and unbiblical antichrist programming by Hollywood, by the left, by the public school system, and on and on and on. People need to know how to respond. So back to Genesis, Man was created by God. God formed man of the dust of the ground, and we are created in his image, Genesis 1.26. Let us make God in our image. Eric, just, just share whatever you can do to help give us some insight on why the confusion today in the church. Well, my biggest question is where did this idea come from? Where did we get the idea of either uh, you can change your gender, uh, it's not biological, where, where did this idea come from? Because I'll tell you, it, it doesn't come from science because science has known for, for decades uh, the difference between a male and a female. Yeah. They, once they discovered the, the, the DNA and the chromosomes and the yes. X and the Y chromosome, we discovered, hey, there is a distinct difference. Yes. So it's, there's no confusion to science. Um, it doesn't come from other religions. Other religions are not saying hey, maybe, maybe gender is fluid. So I asked the question, where did the concept come from? And this goes for, for Pride Month all the way through, because let's face it, uh, for those of you that are over uh, probably 30 years old, uh, I'm, I'm 43, I was, I've, been, I've been amazed at how fast the slippery slope has taken us down a path that is totally anti-science and certainly anti-God. Amen. Um, and it, it started with the whole homosexual revolution, trying to say, hey, homosexuality is normal. And, you know, all, all the arguments, by the way, that they use to say homosexuality is normal, they're all debunked. Well, I was born this way. Okay, well, that doesn't mean it's good. It, it, now, I don't believe you're born that way. It's not a genetic thing, and that's been proven according to science. But even if you want to use that argument, People are born with sickle cell anemia, and that doesn't mean it's good. So you got to understand, just from a purely logical perspective, mm. that argument, I was born this way, doesn't match science, no. and, it, and, and it doesn't mean it's a good thing. You know? Uh, Thank you. You say an, another logical argument. If you were born that way, that gene would weed itself out of society. It would weed itself out of the genetic uh, makeup. If you go look, I'm I'm a I'm a man that loves only men, and I'm only gonna gonna you know satisfy my my physical desires with another man. Well, then you're not gonna have children. So that gene would weed itself out. It would be you know survival of the fittest, and that one wouldn't survive. Even I'm talking on an evolutionary, on a just purely scientific perspective, it doesn't work. So. And I've been asking myself, why has this gone so fast? We went from the homosexual movement to the transgender movement to the, you can call yourself anything you want. There are now, from what I understand, 112 is what they're saying, different genders and how gender is so fluid. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So wow. how did we go down this slippery slope yeah. so fast and why? Good question. That's what I keep asking the question. That's the one thing you should be concerned with if you're thinking through this when people are giving their arguments. Well, love is love that one's demolished. Okay. I, there's a, I, Eric Hoven, I love another man. Am I allowed to get married to him? Yes. Oh, I forgot to mention. He's also my son. Oh no, that's gross. It's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> what happened to love is love. Mm -hmm. You know, what happened to that? Um, we're just, anyway, every yeah. argument is absurd on a number of levels. God create, created the world to work a certain way. Satan is trying to destroy that world. Mm -hmm. God knows that the individual is the first creation. It's the first level of government, individual responsibility to God. The second level of responsibility to God is family. So you got individual governance, family governments, a dad and, and mom being, being over, uh, over children and having that family, you know, headship or governing. After that, you have church government you know, being, being subject to a pastor, letting people speak into your life, letting people hold you accountable, having church discipline to say, that's right, that's wrong. And here's mm. what the scripture says. And then worst case scenario. Okay. If all that fails, now we have civil government. 
And what do we see happening with the homosexual, transgender, and binary, you know, the gender dysphoria movement? We see a destruction of individual responsibility mm -hmm. and a destruction of family responsibility that leads to a destruction in the church, that leads to a destruction of civil government altogether. Yes. We're watching Satan go, I'll get you. I'll tell you, you're nothing but an animal. And we'll start destroying individual, individual responsibility to God. And that's going to destroy the family because now what is a family unit? Now, instead of family, let's go with tribe. Let's go with gang. Let's go with whoever I can surround myself with, you know, to, to be the, to, to, to protect myself and to, to, to protect my interest and to be selfish rather than selfless. Mm. In a family structure, you learn what it looks like to be selfless. You learn to serve other people. Parents serve children and then children learn to serve parents. And then it destroys church because if we have leaders that have bought into the lie of, of old earth or the evolution worldview that says, hey, really, we started off as an animal or maybe maybe God was involved somehow, but we just <laughs> evolved. Well, now you're destroying the individual, you're destroying family, and that's destroying the way you run your church because now your church isn't subject to the authority of scripture. And I'm telling you, we're watching this slippery slope. Yes. Individual, family, church and civil government. And what we see happening in our White House today, and this is 2021, our president is Joe Biden. I won't even say supposedly. Uh, and our <laughs> vice president is Kamala Harris. And we are watching the destruction of civil government, church government, families, and individuals with the way people are living their lives. Exactly. And this is by design. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Interesting you mentioned the White House and the, the, the moral relativism on steroids. You know, uh, just yesterday, I believe, they were asked at a press conference, uh, the White House press corps, someone asked Jen Psaki, the press secretary, does the president believe that a 15-year-old, I'm sorry, 15-week-old unborn baby is a human being? She punted on the answer. She avoided the question. We know we're in a godless nation with this kind of leadership in power when they refuse to acknowledge a living human baby in a mother's womb. Eric, but you're right. Yes. This is where we are today, and this is what we have to recognize. You made some excellent points also in that we need to ask questions right back. When someone says, I'm such and such, I identify as such and such, well, how did you come to that conclusion? Or yeah. what, what do you mean by that? Or how do you know that's true? They can't, most people can't defend it. They can't think of why they got there because feeling and emotion are today trumping fact, trumping the truth. And because you don't want to hurt someone's feelings and we want to be liked, right? We want to be popular. Yeah. So we're not going to go to scripture, which can be so black and white. Yes. So, and I've heard apologists. I, I, I listened to another debate recently between <laughs> a, a very famous atheist and a guy that I had never heard of, but I listened to him as the, as the apologist, the guy defending the Bible. No. And he said in his opening statement, after one question from the atheist, he's like, well, I'm, I'm not going to start with scripture. I'm not going to start with that as my authority. And I'll end. You just lost. You, you, you're <laughs> the debate's over at the very beginning. I, I, I pulled the clip oh. so I could use it in my presentations. I went, this, this debate's over. Mm. I did see that thing with, with Jennifer and, and her punting on, on the answer to that. Oh. And, and a lot of Christians, here's the argument. We, even major, um, uh, even major pro-life speakers don't understand this. Years ago, it was, we just need to prove that it's a human being in the womb. It's not a clump of cells. Mm -hmm. Then they'll get it. Yeah. We are, listen, listen, we are way past that. Yeah. They know exactly what it is. Yep. There's no question about it. They know exactly what it is. We are doing exactly what religions that God has wiped from the face of the earth is doing. And we are sacrificing our children for ourselves, for our own pleasures and we, we are yeah. we are practicing sacrilege i mean i'm so thankful that trump saw the you know the the need to help exploited children in the the the, the sexual slavery that's yes. happening around the world and right here in america mm -hmm. uh it's 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 diabolic it's demonic what is happening 
And you need to realize, and this is the thing, this is the big picture. We kind of said this before the show. Every time I start down these roads of conspiracy theories and I'm wondering, okay, what really happened in the election or who's really in charge or who's really paying for what? (laughs) The big conspiracy, David, as you and I know, and your listeners need to understand this, you can go down those rabbit holes, but listen, don't forget to talk about the big conspiracy. This is the one you ought to be talking about. It's God versus Satan. And the way that you and I win, listen, listen, the way you and I win, is share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't care if you do that with a cup of coffee that shares whyiboughtyourcoffee.com. I don't care if you do that by talking to somebody. You can invite them over to your house and go through the Lost Small Group series or watch the Genesis movie. You can encourage people to listen to Stand Up For The Truth. But however you do it, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the answer. It's the solution to our problem don't forget that. Amen. Eric Hovind at creationtoday.org. You said it in the first segment, and it comes down to three letters, S-I-N. Yes. And the gospel is the solution to man's problems. But we get so confused and complicated because we are so busy and distracted, even in the church. Eric, thank you for your points that you made. I encourage you guys to go to creationtoday.org. I also encourage you to check out Genesis Paradise Lost. And where can people hear that debate you had, does science prove a young earth? Uh, I've got several debates. Again, creationtoday.org. Okay. Uh, Oh, the conversation. Yeah, last night. Yes. uh, Just go to creationtoday.org. It's under our store, and it'll be one of the most recent ones on our store. But if you want to see the upcoming ones, creationtoday.org slash live, L-I-V-E. All right. Thank you, Eric. We have to have you back, brother. And uh, Love it, David. Thank you, sir. What a pleasure. Thank you for what what you do. God bless you. All right. When we come back, we'll let you know who our guests are the rest of this week on Stand Up For The Truth. Thanks for listening. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. All right, tomorrow you will hear from Cheryl Chumley, journalist with The Washington Times. That is not a new podcast. You will hear that on StandUpForTheTruth.com or Q90FM.com if you're listening online tomorrow live right now during this hour, 9 a.m. Central. And then we've got Pastor Carl Gallups on Thursday. And on Friday, a first-time guest, his name is Samuel Say, S-E-Y. And uh, he's a Canadian who lives in uh, just outside of Toronto, but he is an expert on critical race theory, social justice, a um, great, great uh, man of God. And boy, he's on the front lines fighting Samuel Say, S-E-Y. So check him out. And if you got to get a sneak peek before he gets on the podcast with us. But we are so blessed. By the way, you can't emphasize GenesisMovie.com, how brilliant, uh, phenomenal of a movie. You can see the trailer there and you'll be hooked. It's amazing what they put together in these, this uh, Genesis Paradise Lost creation today. Um, I love your comments. Comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Uh, we, we're trying to get new guests on. We've got some of them coming back. And it's just a, it, it's a, a labor of love because you can't get everybody you want because uh, everybody's got such busy schedules today. But we're so blessed to have the people we have, experts in their fields, coming on and encouraging our faith strengthening us, equipping us, and we have to encourage our pastors to uh, do the same, to equip the saints. But uh, thank you so much for listening. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.